This is the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The Word to Stand On for Life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's the Thursday show. You know that means it's a date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this program, as you know by now, is committed to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff that's going on in your life. And on Thursdays, we get a different perspective. Paula is live in studio with me. So all we need you to do is call us. 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for coming. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Yeah. It's a standing date. Uh, Yes, that's right. So I'm glad to be here. Hi, everybody. What's up? Well... You know, the women's retreat is coming fast and in a hurry. And so I wanted to be sure to invite all the ladies um, who can come, um, a senior in high school age and up. It's um, going to be held at Alto Frio Baptist Encampment. Doesn't that sound funny? Baptist Encampment. Sound like you're... But May 6th through the 8th. And um, you can register online at com, or just come to church. And then there's some <laughs> ladies that will be out there um, to to receive you. And the theme this year, because this may be our last women's retreat, the theme this year is he's coming soon from Revelation 22:20, where he says, yes, I am coming soon. And doesn't it feel like it? Oof. The time has just. Don't get me started. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> you, um, life is just going by so incredibly fast you know so anyway so I want every lady you don't have to pray about this you just get in the car and go yeah wonder if there'll be women's retreats or men's retreats in heaven it's a retreat every day in heaven <laughs> yeah you know there'll be he'll be teaching us what we need to know all the time we'll be learning new things there won't be any tears no more crying no more you know any nothing bad will be there it'll just be all the time. You know, you're saying, just be with Jesus. It'll just be with Jesus all the time. And he'll probably say, well, you thought you coined that phrase, Pastor Ron, but no, I've been telling people that. <laughs> just be with Jesus forever. See, I, I'm I'm sure I invented it here. Yeah. 
But but you know, like you said, that's what he's been telling people to do from the beginning of time. Yeah. Come on, just be with me. Just so, be with me. Yeah. yeah. And we used to have the bracelets of what would Jesus do, you know, and if you're with Jesus he'll tell you and then you just do that. So sure. See, oh. I'm I'm always a day late and a dollar short. Uh, no. Whoever 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 patented the the, the WWJD bracelets mm-hmm. made a fortune. Oh yeah. I could have done W no, J-B-W-J. Uh-huh. And that would have been popular back in the 60s. Yeah. I'm too late. Yeah, you are. It, but it's in all of my um, my journals of the last few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on per, pretty much every message I do. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you had said um, when I was at home that Paula will answer these questions. and. Um, okay, but before you go there. Okay, yes. We need to say. Oh, yeah. So why don't you do it? Happy birthday, Matt. Your 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 lovely bride texted us to ask us to say happy <laughs> birthday to you while you guys are out on your date. So happy birthday. We have children, Ron and I, our youngest, our, we only have two, our younger child is way older than you. So you're just a baby. <laughs> but happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm just jealous. Yeah, I want to say happy birthday too, Matt. You and Stephanie are such a blessing to us and we're really really grateful mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to the lord for you yeah and uh, i wish you were raising all of the kids oh yeah church yeah they have because you girl you guys have heard about one of their sons um quite often he's the one nathan that comes in and asks pastor ron to quiz him on the bible <laughs> and that boy knows his stuff yeah in fact I, you know i listened to the chapels sometime over the summer i was listening well, before some, I was listening to some, and the teachers would ask a question. Nathan's hand was up every time, it, and the teachers were trying to be fair, so you could you could tell sometimes they were trying to look for somebody, anybody else who could answer the question. But you know, Nathan's kind of intimidating. I'm like, I'm sitting in the back of the room thinking, "Ooh, I didn't even know that answer." <laughs> Way to go, Nathan! Good ha- job. Parents. Happy birthday, Matt. God yes. bless you. Yeah. Okay, Paul. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, um, you. You know, he said, Paula will probably address these when she's here. And so the thing was, the question was, what's Paula's role in the church? You know, that used to kind of terrify me because when we still lived in California and you're going to be the pastor, what does the pastor's wife do? I'm not qualified. I'm not equipped. You know, that kind of a thing. And you said very calmly, Paula, just be my wife. You don't have to be the children's minister you don't have to be um the piano player or anything like that just be my wife which you know that kind of really settled me down so i'm your wife i'm your helper and i say jokingly and then sometimes not so jokingly i have one job it has a <laughs> lot of tentacles but you know that's just taking care of you but i have a village now that helps me with you you know <laughs> Pastor Ken, it Sam. Ta- it takes Don. a village. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. <laughs> but it's we're all equipped and, and better off for it. But anyway, my role in the church is I'm an encourager. And, I, you know, I, I was telling the ladies on Monday night, you got to know your gift. Everybody's been given at least one gift. And I know that one of my gifts is to be an encourager. You know, um, I don't always look at the glass half empty. I look at the glass more full. And so I can be an encourager. 
then I get to be on the worship team. Um, I get to make a joyful noise. Now, I'm not a skilled like Jocelyn, but Jocelyn is very patient, and she helps whoever's on the team, <laughs> and then she gives us a little, you know, a little role so we can, we, can, we can worship the Lord. But I can worship the Lord in the front row, but every once in a while, they let me come up on the worship team, and I really appreciate that. Before you go on, we've been for a year now. Without our full worship team mm-hmm. uh, because of the COVID, yeah. and and uh, the worship team's coming back for Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you are you looking forward to that? I really, really am. I, I really am, and I better start working on my breathing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Lord, get my get my get my throat in in order so you know it'll sound decent. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then I get to be a teacher in the rotation with some of the most godly women I know um, and I get to do that so and then I have the prayer breakfast at our house at one Monday the first Monday of the month and then I get to be because um, I'm your wife the women's leadership I get to have them over for uh, lunch once a month and that's a really cool t- thing you got a great group of pastors and they chose wives well and I get to hang out with them. So I, I, I gotta I get to do some stuff, you know. And then the But do you, do you do you ever feel like like or have you ever felt like you needed a role? Like you needed a title or an office or office space around here is crazy. It's in short supply. So nobody gets uh offices really. I have one because we do a lot of counseling in here. But the truth is that uh, there are people just feel like because you're the pastor's wife, you ought to be somebody who's more important, um, important enough to merit an, an office and a title. Do you ever feel that? No, but I um, it's a it's amazing. No, I don't want a title. And but I have a key. <laughs> I got a key. I got the I got the main key. I can get into everything, but I have no authority over it. I don't know how to really. Um, uh, well, I can work the copy machine, but only to print my study. I don't want to know how to work it because if I know how to work it, then I could break it, and then I'd be <laughs> responsible. And so, no, no, I, I don't. You know, in fact, when people come to the church, I usually just say, "My name is Paula," and uh, you know, and just welcome to Calvary Chapel. Is it your first time? You're going to love it. The people here are great, though the building is kind of tacky, that kind of thing. But I, I hardly ever say. I'm Pastor Ron's wife. You know, you should know me. You know, kind of a thing. Uh, but so, no. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm really um, content with just being me here. And I get to love on all the people. And I, But I don't need a, role, a, a title. You know, I'm not, I am not first lady. <laughs> I am not. Some of my friends, I can I can hear them now cracking up because they know. Cause every once in a while, they just will like be silly and say, "Yeah, first lady," and I'm looking like, "Don't make me slap you." <laughs> <laughs> What's the other title? Uh, so it, anyway, but I'm not that. I'm just. You, you've been called Pastor Paula. Oh, you've yeah. been called First Lady. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we humans, we like to elevate people. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said just the opposite is what's really necessary. Take the low seat and, and then, you know, he'll, he'll elevate us if, mm-hmm. if there's elevating to, 
to occur. Mm-hmm. But I but I think we we just have to realize that we're all servants with different gifts of the same body, mm-hmm. and your gift, my gift, uh, the, the the role I play, none of it is any more important than the role that anybody else in this church plays. Yeah, and and I'd say that all the time when any of the other ladies are teaching or if when you're not here and I'm here and I still come to church, I got my pen and my paper ready um, because I'm learning right along with everybody else. And um, I, I, I wanted to stay that way. Okay. This is, you get back to your role in a minute, but, but you're here every service. Yeah. Um, Talk about that. You know, a, a lot of people and a lot of pastors' wives um, just, I mean, they can't imagine mm. being here for all three services on a Sunday and every Wednesday and every Friday. Um, and Monday. And Monday. Well, mm-hmm. you're, you're here for the ladies' study and yeah. you do you teach that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, wh- why are you here every service? I mean, I don't force you to, but no. why are no. you here every service? Um, I can't imagine not being here, you know, from when we when we don't have the Monday studies, because that happens, you know, after we do a book or holidays and stuff like that. From Sunday, third service to Wednesday, seven o'clock seems like a week. (laughs) And I miss the people, you know, Um, from from Wednesday to Friday. That's another week. And then there's, you know, we have a prayer and pastor discipleship class every other Saturday. Um, and sometimes I'm, I'm a little bit tired, you know, uh, but I, I still also know that I'm going to have a nap sometimes Saturday. <laughs> but then Sunday, Sunday's like, wow, family reunion time because there's three services. And I wouldn't even dream of just coming to one because I might miss the people in second service. And if I miss the people in second service because I only came to first, I most sure miss the people in third. So there's just no way. I'm going to be here. Plus, when I take notes, like I've been telling you, I leave room every service, whether it's you teaching, Pastor Ken's teaching, um, because you guys are going to say something that's different from the other two services because the people are different. The message is the same, but the focus of each message is a little different. But I'm there all three, so I figured the Lord is speaking to me all three services. Mm-hmm. Who would who would want to miss that? You know, Paula, we um, you mentioned we do uh, prayer and pastor's discipleship class. The prayer is every Saturday morning. Yes. We're here at 930. Yeah. And if we're in town, we're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Pastor Kenan may take over sometimes mm-hmm. if we're out of town. Mm-hmm. But um, well, I don't know how many years we've been doing the corporate prayer, but it's been a lot of years mm-hmm. now. And, um, you know, we've all got things that we we, we could do on Saturdays. Um, uh, I have a long weekend. It'd be easy just to, to rationalize. Just I'm going to stay home. I'm going to try to sleep in. Uh, sleeping in doesn't work so good for us. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, I can't imagine missing Saturday morning prayer. I know. I know. Uh, every, everybody ought to be there sometimes. You know, life happens. There's other obligations. Nobody should be there every Saturday uh, except us but <laughs> because we want to be. But but everybody ought to be there sometimes. Yeah. And every church, 
that isn't the house of prayer is really missing out. We get to, to uh, you know, we got a really good group of, of people that pray. Mm-hmm. Um, um, even when it was freezing cold, people would show up and we'd shiver in here together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we got a good crowd of people that come now. And um, the, the for me, just for me, the best thing is I really get to know their hearts. When you pray with people, mm-hmm. it's not just praying for people, mm-hmm. but when you pray with people, you really get to know their hearts. And you discover, in a, in a church with a lot of people like ours, you discover some really hidden treasures, you know, things that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the people will pray for people that they're working with, that they've been sharing with. And it's just like the Lord is saying, see what I'm doing in her or see what I'm doing in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see people that... that their personalities come through their prayers uh, and you really get to know and trust the heart. And that changes. Um, I mean, if, if we missed it, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these people would still sort of remain distant strangers. We mm-hmm. love them, but, but distant strangers. Yeah. And that, that's a chance for real fellowship and intimacy. Yeah. The, the sweetest thing I love about um, that Saturday prayer group and it's growing and we're only here an hour. I mean, who can't take an hour out of their, their day? Yeah, who wouldn't want to? Yeah. Um, but it's not a just a bunch of old-timey Christians. We got teenagers all the way to the old-timey Christians, you know. And so the, the, the flavor of the prayers uh, come from really great different perspectives. And, and it's just really encouraging. Yeah, and and I, I think one thing that's unusual, at least I keep being told it's unusual is we have a majority of the, the people that show up are men. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's just an unbelievable blessing. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's been kind of a a thing right from the beginning when we started Calvary Chapel San Antonio, people would come in and even sitting in the chairs, it was mostly men. And that just kind of blew a lot of people away because by and large, you know, the men go to work all week, wah, 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 and they bring home the paycheck. But the, it's the women that go to church and the women that read the Bible to the kids and the women that pray for them and tuck them into bed. But not so here. Mm-hmm. It's just been really a nice. Hey, nice three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions. We'd love to have anything. Talk about anything that's on your heart. Toll free. You can call eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Paula, before we, we oh, okay. before we leave prayer, okay. Um, what for you is the most memorable part of the corporate prayer time? The most memorable part. Well. Memorable, vital, whatever adjective you mm-hmm. want to use. You mean over the years, a certain prayer just that's been you, answered? or no, just as you think back on prayer. What, what's what's the, the, the thing that means the most to you? Mm. I think the openness, you know, where people just, there's hardly anything held back as far as, um, I think when, when people confess, that's, that's a huge thing. Lord, you know... Um, this one gentleman just seems like he's kind of angry a lot, um, and it's and it's one thing to confess it, but like you're saying, as you as you listen and uh, watch them pray over the years, instead of just saying I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry all the time, Lord forgive me for that, mm-hmm. and now change me, you know, and so I think that's the biggest where you see people growing, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just talking at the Lord, it's really talking 
to the Lord who is very real and then opening your heart again, the hands down, heart open. Yeah. And, and they want to hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. They really want to hear from the Lord. And you, you hear that in their prayers. We got one guy, everybody loves him, but he keeps in, in his prayers, Lord, you know, I'm a knucklehead, mm-hmm. you know, the, and, and, and his heart is just out there. He, he, he wants to get closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in the process, God is, is knitting his family together in Christ. And uh, those are the kind of things. That's what prayer does. <laughs> when, you're, when you're really talking to Jesus yeah. and you want to hear from him, yeah. and then you take that, that sacrifice, and I use that term loosely because it's not really a sacrifice to be here. But when you, you sacrifice that, that hour on Saturday morning, um, I always feel, Paula, like Jesus is here in the building, kind of bouncing around, eager mm-hmm. for us to get here. Are mm-hmm. they going to get here? Is it 9.30 yet? Is it 9.30 yet? <laughs> and I think uh, uh, I, I just so enjoy that there is a sense of anticipation mm-hmm. that he's going to be here, and not only that he's going to hear, but that he's going to minister to to people here who are hurting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool time. So that's my, my thing, just watching people change. Letting, letting the Lord change him. Okay, is that it? Yep, we got five minutes this half, and then okay. we'll carry it over. Here's the rest of the question that well, I was supposed to answer. And and I answered it at home. It's on my paper. I'm looking right at it. Where you, they asked you, do you tell Paula everything? No, no, a thousand <laughs> times no. <laughs> Paula doesn't need to know everything. I like the good stuff, and I hear enough bad stuff on my own, you know, on my own, but... No, and there's no need for you to tell me everything that you go through in the same time I've learned from you that I don't need to burden you with everything that I know. You know, I can just, again, me and Jesus, we just be with Jesus and lift that up in prayer to him. And then if I'm to tell you something, then it'll it'll come at a later time. You know, because some, sometimes when, uh, especially ladies are sharing things with me, it's very private, and they they don't want you to know. At the on the other hand, when people share with me and they say, "Please share this with Pop," mostly you know our kids, then that's when I'll share with you. But the the coolest thing over the years has been, <clears throat> excuse me, when people would say, "Oh, um, Pastor Ron, Polly already told you this," and or for you, Paula, Polly already told you this, and we didn't share. I love that about um, the confidence um, that the Lord has put in us not to be sharing people's stuff. It's their stuff. And if they want to share it with an individual, it's to stay with that individual. And so thank you very much for, you know, keeping people's confidence. Well, you know, counseling, especially when people are sharing painful things, um, Probably half the time people say, well, please share this with Paula. Mm-hmm. And I, I will if that, that's what they want me to do. But um, people need to know that, that we're not sharing each other's stuff. If if we're doing ministry, um, they can they can be confident that we're going to gonna keep their mm-hmm. secret secret. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that's that's really important if people are going to open up to us. And as their pastor, you know, and pastor's wife, 
uh, that's what you got. To, we want them to do. We want to be able to be there to help them, but to betray that confidence, I think, would be terrible. There's also some things as your husband, um, you know, with your gift of encouragement, uh, it requires that you love people, <laughs> and because you love me, if somebody's upset with me, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to share that with you because you get upset with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's it. We take sides. That's mm-hmm. the human part of us, and and um, so so there are just things. Uh, I I know somebody may have horrible things uh, against me at the same time when you're ministering to them. I don't want that in your mind or in your heart. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to get the best that you've got. And I think when when people ask about your role or they tell you everything, it's almost uh, assumed that that um, that we have to share everything with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're one flesh and we don't keep secrets. But those are secrets from ourselves, mm-hmm. but but we don't share other people's business. Not either. other people's secrets or whatever. Only mm-hmm. reason, only thing I I tell when I'm counseling is, um, if you don't, you know, if it's a life and death situation, then I have to I have to share that. Um, but other than that, mm-hmm. so if if it's a, a life and death situation and you don't want me to know, don't tell me. Yeah, see, because I don't text mm-hmm. and I don't do social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and more, you don't do social media either. You text. So you know stuff I don't know. And I think sometimes people assume I know stuff, mm. but I'm usually the last one <laughs> in line to find out stuff. So <laughs> I say that all the time. When people tell, tell me stuff, I'll say, why am I the last to know? <laughs> so you're not the last to know, Pastor Ron. Okay, Paula, we've got 30 minutes left in the program. Hey, thanks for tuning in. 340-9585. Or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the Word to Stand On for Life, the Date Day Show. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585. Paula, I'm just going to take a nap. You've got 30 minutes. Okay. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yes, sir. I, I want to talk about my my new old favorite pastor new old favorite pastor uh, uh, he's my new old favorite he used to be my, just my my old favorite but he's made a comeback in my heart <laughs> yeah it's charles stanley when i you know back when i first got saved i used to listen to him all the time and um and then when you went away to bible college you know i would take you up to the bible college and say okay i gotta go now you know, you're a Bible college safe and sound, but I still got to go back home. But I got to leave now because Charles Stanley is going to be home, be home when I get home. And he is, you know, I like lists. And when he <laughs> teaches, he would, you know, give you a list. And um, I was like, this is the guy, you know, that I can listen to because he would give me my list. So um, we haven't listened to him for a really long time. I don't know what happened. I just was coming to church, I guess, all the time, just listening to you. And, and I love it. But um, but on Sunday mornings before we come to church, we listen to um, Tony Evans. And then right after him, Charles Stanley. 
and he is just as good as he was back then. A little slower, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was a lot slower. <laughs> a little slower, and he has a he has a stool behind him, so he he stands up for a little while, and then his legs must get a little weak, and he has to kind of sit back, and then he gets up again. But my goodness, he loves Jesus, and um, you can tell that right at about the twenty third or the twenty fourth minute of his half hour. That's when he's given the altar call. But he is faithful to give that altar call. Mm-hmm. And man, you know, I love him. Yeah, we're, we're watching edited messages, but but they never leave out the invitation. He is so faithful mm-hmm. to give it. Um, you know, he's, he's since retired from his role as a pastor mm-hmm. of uh, First Baptist Church in Atlanta. Um, but but he's still very active in in touch ministries, mm-hmm. and still putting out all their stuff. And uh, what what I like the best about him, because um, because I'm getting old now. He's thank God older. He's than got I am. you. Somebody's yeah. somebody's somebody's got to be older than mm-hmm. me. But but what I just love about him is that he hasn't. Um, while his style has changed, slowed down a little bit. The message is as clear. Mm-hmm. Um, is as direct. Mm-hmm. Um, he's as passionate as he was when he was young. Yep. Um, and and he's just sort of a role model to me in the sense that there is a man who's truly, truly finishing well. I think he's 87 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's really finishing well. And, you know, when you're young, you're drawn to younger guys and, and uh, oh, man, that's a good style. That's it. But but I just want to finish well. Yeah. And and he is um, heroic to me in the sense that that um, all the things that he's been through, the difficulties, personal and church, mm-hmm. things that you go through when you're the pastor of a church, people love you, they hate you. Uh, there's always people kind of working against you kind of thing. And, and you know, he's just stood behind the pulpit for more than 50 years, more than 60 years, actually. Yeah. And um, and told people the truth about the love of his life, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um, his One of his most recent studies was uh, about patience, you know. And I, I want to be more, patience, more patient. And he said, uh, patience is essential to experiencing God's best. It expresses godly character and isn't that what we all want we want to express godly character and patience is one of the fruits of the spirit and he used psalm 40 verse 1 i waited patiently waiting is one thing but he (laughs) waited patiently that's that's a whole nother level yeah um if if i wrote that psalm i say i waited complaining i waited (laughs) grumbling i waited impatiently mm-hmm. um if, you know waiting we don't have any choice god's the one in control of things yeah. but we don't like it yeah well it says i waited patiently for the lord he turned to me and heard my cry um and then he he went on to uh, explain that patience is quiet uncomplaining endurance under stress or annoyance and of course our word here is hoopamoni that we use all the time but Patience is quiet, uncomplaining endurance under stress mm-hmm. or annoyance. Yeah, I, I remember when he said that. I, I, I thought when he said quiet, I thought, well, 
thank you, Lord. I, you've, I'm a quiet person. You give me a sense of quiet. And then he said, I'm complaining. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I felt like, like uh, uh, Paul when he said, you know, I wouldn't have known what coveting was until it, thou shalt not covet. And I knew I was busted. So, but see, that's yeah. it. he's so faithful to the word. Now, he doesn't do anything the way we do it here. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't teach verse by verse through the Bible the way we do. Um, um, that's our preference. It's not, but believe me, his messages are so filled with truth and and so gospel centered. Mm-hmm. And every message gives the, the Holy Spirit the opportunity to say, "Okay, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. And I love conviction. You know that, right? <laughs> And yeah. so when the Lord says, yeah, "I'm weird. talking to you," yeah, you're weird. But I'm like, that's "All good. right, at least I'm hearing from the Lord." You know yep. what I'm saying? So I love it. That's good. Yeah. Hey, let's take a phone call. We've got our friend Jeff on line one from San Antonio. Jeff, thanks for calling. You are on the air. Hey, Pastor. Are, are, hi, Paula. Are you content today? I am. <laughs> I truly am, especially now that you called. I was waiting oh, patiently. On. Yeah, waiting patiently. Yeah, and, and here you are. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. You were not. Don't be saying that. I appreciate <laughs> it, though. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. Can I don't appreciate just, it. We, oh, I don't appreciate it on those about? days when you know I'm not there and you call anyway. Oh. What's up with that? Yeah, I know, I know. But you told me a long time ago I could call every every Monday through four times a week if I wanted to, right? But that's yeah, so. true. <laughs> what, what question uh, were you asking, Jeff? Well, I had a I had a question actually, but what who who are you just talking about? Because I in the transition from calling, and I didn't know what the pastor okay. you were talking about just now. Charles Stanley. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Okay. I agree with that as well. Um, this came back to oh, one thing before I ask your question is that, you know, we had this certificate for you all for a, a free weekend away and an invisible weekend when no one can find you. And now I realize it's not going to be no good because you're not going to want to leave that new house. <laughs> you're, in that new house, and you're not going to need to go anywhere. So, you know, just hang on to it for, you know, maybe another three or four years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just we're going to just move in and then I'm going to the women's retreat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hope I can pay attention. Yeah, right. Right now, it's 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 an invisible house. We haven't. Uh, we, there's a lot of work being done in the house, so we don't move in until the end of April. So uh, uh, it's still sort of we know it's ours, but at the same time, uh, we haven't been able to experience it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's coming. Praise the Lord. Hey, mm-hmm. um, y- y- y'all were talking about prayer, and I was and I was listening to one of your sermons, Pastor Ron. Uh, on Daniel's prayer, and that two minute and seven second one that you timed when, yes. when you had Paula read it to you, and I think you were talking about uh, the elements. I think there were ten elements of effective prayer, and uh, you were you were using that as the template. And uh, you know, I had never really used that as part of my daily routine, and and it's really been powerful. And I'm wondering if you would just you know, kind of do a little cliff notes on that or something, you know, talk about that a little bit, the two minute and seven second prayer. Thank you, Jeff. I'll do my best. You know, I got, I got to pull it up. Thank you. Love you too, Jeff. I've got to pull it up, you know, uh, and, and please, uh, uh, everybody in the audience don't misunderstand what I'm going to say, but we've just had 
um, Daniel on our teaching programs on the radio. And I was unable to sleep one night and I was listening to it. It came on. And um, I was I was listening to that study, and I was thinking, my goodness, that was a good study. Oh, not because I did it, uh-huh. but just that's a really really good study. Mm-hmm. And I think to teach on prayer, it really is the um, the 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 key to uh, to effective prayer. Um, one of the things that I point out, and and the reason it came up with the two minutes and seven seconds, the reason I wanted Paula to time me, uh, is because. Um, it, it was a short prayer. I think we, we get too wordy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, 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 we speak with a different language. We use a different, um, King James English kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, mm-hmm. and it was a really, really short, effective prayer. And, and it reminds us that God doesn't need, uh, long drawn out explanations of why we sinned and, and what was behind it all. All we need to do is is just confess and accept his forgiveness. Um, Jeff, the the uh, uh, the first element that I pointed out, and I'll go through these very quickly because we don't have that much time. I think we got somebody waiting on the line. Um, but uh, uh, we we have to recognize that God actually desires to forgive. Um, I think sometimes we forget that, Paula, when we're we're consumed with our own guilt. God desires to forgive. It's the thing he's eager to do. Uh, the second element of Daniel's prayer, and should be in terms of ours, is that um, um, his prayer was very specific when you confess. Um, J. Edwin Orr said that if your sin is private, confess privately. If your sin is public, confess publicly. And we need to be very specific, not so, you know, Lord, I know I did something a year ago kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we do that. We brush over them. So we really need to be specific. The third element of prayer uh, for effective prayer is is being honest. Uh, Daniel doesn't make excuses for the sins of Israel. Um, he, he he just confesses that we are a sinful people. We've not obeyed your commands. And, and that honesty is essential if we're going to have uh, our prayers heard. Um, the fourth element of effective prayer is owning our sin, accepting the consequences of it. It's one thing to say, I did it and I shouldn't have, but it's another thing to say, okay, Lord, uh, whatever the consequences are, I'm willing to go through them with you. Mm -hmm. Um, let me do one more and then we'll take a phone call and, uh, uh, then we'll, uh, come back to these Paul on the other side. Um, the, the next element or fifth element of effective prayer is, that um, acknowledging that even while we were sinning, God was convicting us that it was wrong to do. In other words, we didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And and so we, we, we did it because that's who we are. It's what we wanted to do. Let's take a break there, Paul, and go to, uh, to Jimmy. We've got Jimmy on line one. Jimmy, thanks for holding you on the air. Wow, that's perfect timing. You're talking <clears throat> about prayer. Um. Oh, I just want to give you a praise report. Okay. Okay. The power of prayer works. Okay. And I always give my wife more credit because she is like very in love with the Lord and she prays mm-hmm. more than I do. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, but my son Christian is coming back to the Lord and, uh, you know, he had to deal with, you know, he was dealing still in his mind. He was dealing with what happened to him when he was five years old. Mm-hmm. from that other kid that did, you know, violated him. 
but I said, you need to forgive him. You need to forgive him. And I know it's hard, but you need to forgive him so God can move. And once you truly do that, then then you're going to find this overwhelming peace. So, and then, and then he was, you know, he was living with this girl and he, uh, he finally said, took a stand and said, look, I can't live with you no more. Mm-hmm. Praise uh, the Lord. The, the Holy Spirit's convicted me. And she didn't, she wasn't too happy with it, but you know what? I say, and it, you know, his mother and I um, support him. It says, "Do not let her manipulate you, and and uh, and that you you focus on Jesus Christ and what He wants you to do. And first, seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness, and you will yeah. see that God will open doors." Now, and then now, and then my niece, you know, she she's forty one, but. She she called us yesterday and she was crying and she you know, my wife and I we all prayed for her and she was having a lesbian uh relationship. Well, she called and she said, I can't do this no more and she came back. Well wow. So see, you know you know, it, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to be perfect to come to Jesus. But when you come to Jesus, Jesus will help you with situations that you go through in the world. And I'm just trying to, you know, I know people are listening, but, you know, I want to give, you know, I'm just saying that that's a praise report. Yep, that's that's wonderful. Both of them are awesome, Jimmy. Thank you for sharing. See, people are watching your life change, Jimmy, and you and... Your wife praying uh, is 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 making a difference. You know, Paula, when Jimmy said that you don't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. all we have to do is want to be. That's right. You aim for perfection, Paul mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. and 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 Jesus keeps telling us, "Come on, kid, let's keep walking after me." That's right. Um, if we want to be perfect, and we're we're not um, too hard on ourselves for those times when we're not perfect. Um, we realize that God is eager to forgive. Jimmy, thank you for that. I appreciate it very, very, very much. Amen. Comment, Paul? Mm-hmm. My new favorite verse is, and I keep sharing this, in Psalms 4.1, New Living Translation. David speaking. David, you know, the one who's the greatest repenter of all because he messed up so much. So it says this, Answer me when I call to you, O God who declares me innocent. You know, we look at all of our faults and failures. But, oh, God, who declares me innocent, that's who we're talking to. Like you said, God longs to forgive because he's nice. And he died so that we wouldn't carry that burden of of guilt from our sins. Answer me when I call to you, oh, God, who declares me Mm -hmm. innocent. I love that verse. I'm sitting here thinking, uh, Jeff, Paula, just this, as, as I'm going through this, List prayer from mm-hmm. from Daniel chapter nine. Um, I think the Lord is speaking in my heart about doing this in Oklahoma when we go. So we'll we'll see. I'll, I'll I'll be praying about it. But okay. um, getting back to that list, um, the sixth element of effective prayer is remembering to whom we're praying mm-hmm. and what He's already done. 
Yeah. Because you got to be grateful. Mm-hmm. You've got to be grateful. Uh, Daniel says, Now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty end and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day. In other words, that's the power. That's what Jimmy was talking about. That's the mm-hmm. power that we have every time we access the throne of God. And we need to remember that there are just too many prayers that we pray because our hearts are broken. This past Saturday in prayer, one of the ladies I had some some children, grown grown children that are uh, have continually broken her heart and have been in and out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And and you know we keep praying. Another lady then followed that with a prayer for a son that's causing her a lot of pain. And I, I think sometimes we we look at those as almost as impossible prayers. You know, I've prayed so long; these impossible prayers, mm-hmm. and yet we need to remember to whom we're praying and what He's already done. So. Yeah. Nothing is too difficult for him. Um, the next element of effective prayer is faith. Everything. we got to believe. Mm-hmm. And it's not just name it and claim it, believe. Mm-hmm. we just got to believe. If, if this is the God, the almighty God that we're praying to, uh, then we have to have faith that he wants to answer, that he will answer, and that he's doing everything he can to accomplish exactly what it is that we're praying for you know without faith it's impossible to please god and i think we forget that paula we 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 just we get overwhelmed by circumstances and we just are sort of moving our lips and sound is coming out but there's really no real faith Mm -hmm. that fixes the prayer yeah i say to myself and then i say to others when you pray do you really believe god can hear you and that he will act on your behalf. I mean, I'm saying that to myself because I don't want to just be having my lips just move and then not believe like I, I did for so long. You know, God, you're good, but you're not that good as far as getting you saved. And since he proved me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it took 13 years, but, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, you know, Jesus said, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Yeah. And there are times when, you know, like you said, you pray for something or someone for so long and things don't seem to be changing. In fact, they seem to be getting worse. But I have to remind myself, too, you know, that sometimes it's the darkest before the dawn. Don't give up. And so, yeah, I have to remind myself. And hopefully I'm reminding somebody else right now, like Jimmy just did. Don't quit. He has a niece who's 41. You would think if she's been in that kind of a lifestyle and she's already 41, she's there. She's there. And, um, but no, God is in the business of, of redeeming. Yeah. Well, that's the power of God. The eighth element of effective prayer, Paul, is we need when we're praying to forget the shame our sins have caused. So many parents in particular are offended. Um, 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 uh, uh, let me change that word. Uh, we're, we're reluctant um, to, 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 to correct somebody else because we think, well, they're going to be offended by what we say because they know who we are and the things that we've done. And we need to forget that we're brand new. Mm-hmm. We're brand new yeah. creations. The old is gone, the mm-hmm. new has come. Mm-hmm. And we're praying from a position of absolute holiness and perfection. Yeah. And that's really the good thing. Um, the ninth element of prayer, Paula, is the most obvious, but I think it's the one that we we uh, take the most for granted. It's just asking. 
We've got to ask, you know, when Daniel is saying, it's our fault, Lord, we're your people and we have sinned and we have rebelled. And then he says, now, O God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant for your sake, Lord. Mm-hmm. Look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Listen, O Lord. Listen and forgive, O Lord. Hear and act. And, you know, when I'm praying publicly, one of the things I say almost every time is, Lord, hear our prayers from heaven and answer. Mm-hmm. And and I want people to know, and I usually lead off with praying on Saturdays, and uh, I want people to know that they can ask. With a grateful heart, they can ask anything at all. Mm-hmm. Daniel's faith is so pure and simple. He's saying, Lord, I confess. I've accepted responsibility. I've been very specific. My heart is genuine. Even if I'm the only one that feels this way, hear my prayer and act. Mm-hmm. And we have to know by faith that that's the very thing that God mm-hmm. wants to do. And then the final element is simply the motive in our prayers. Our prayers have got to be designed to get God glory, not to make our life better, not to make things easier, not to take away the pain. But our motive, our only motive needs to be for uh, for us um, to bring God glory, to, to make sure that he's the one who's exalted. Yeah. And so, that's one, another one of those while you're praying to remind yourself of that. You know, you always ask, why do you want this or why are you praying for that? You know, well, take stock and, and really ask, is it because of something I want or is it because, like you're saying, to make your life easier or better? Um, or is it for is it truly for God's glory? Because he knows and we want to be, you know, in the your will of God. And so, yeah, we just remind ourselves, what's your motive? Yeah. Okay, Paula, we're coming up in two minutes. What do you want to close with today? Okay, requirements for patience. Going back to my old new favorite. (laughs) My new old favorite. He was saying requirements for patience. And here, uh, you know, I like lists. And here's a list that we just went through. The number one is faith in God. Do we believe that God again, will act on our behalf. If we do and we trust him, we'll be patient, patiently waiting for him. A spirit of obedience. You know, I don't have my hands on my hips when God tells me to do something. No, my hands are down and I really want to obey. Even if I don't want to obey, I have a spirit of obedience that I'm going to do it because he said, and I know that it's really the best thing. Discernment of God's timing. You know, we can, we can, stomp our feet, you know, like you need to hurry up, come on Jesus with it kind of thing, (laughs) or um, just know that he's working all the things together for the good of those who love him to those who are called according to his purpose. Okay, God, I'm waiting. I hope it's soon, but I'm I'm really going to wait. Love for God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what what I'm asking. And we got to have courage. It takes courage to have patience and wait. And then just flat out determination to wait. I'm not going to jump ahead of you, God. I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm not going to try, like Jimmy was saying, yeah. manipulate the situation. Paul, Paul let me I'm interrupt you and just ask you, because uh, we, we're running out of time. When, when you say courage, what would you say to the person, male or female, who says, but I'm not a brave person? You don't have to be. You just be with, oh, here it is, J-B-W-J. Just be with Jesus. He's the one. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He's the one that will enable you. The, the Israelites, 
they were going to go through the Red Sea. That was scary. <laughs> but they just put their foot on the water and the Lord opened it up. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. This has been the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. <laughs>